This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Deeply Graphic Design Cast, the show about all things design, from the creative side to the business side and all points in between. Follow the show on Twitter at Wes McDowell. Want the gang to answer your question on an upcoming episode? Send in your listener question to questions at thedeependdesign.com or via Twitter using hashtag DGDC. Here are your hosts. Wes McDowell in Chicago. Nicole Morrison in Seattle. Nick Longo in Los Angeles. All right. The three <laughs> of us are back together again. It's been a long time since we've had just the three of us, but... There's about to be a fourth, Mikkel. Mikkel is with child and about ready to pop. So, so this is probably dedicated. our last episode before uh, before the, the the new guy comes. I was thinking that, yeah, probably. She's yeah. so dedicated to be with you guys that she's here right now, hours before going to to the hospital. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Man. Half dilated here for you. <laughs> We, we could make podcast history, wouldn't it be? You know, you never know. It just might happen. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. Oh, my, oh my God. Gosh, that was one of my dreams last soar. night. We were recording, and I said I had to give you guys some, like, body language signal. And you guys were both covering your mouths like, holy shit, it's happening. And I just, I just left. I think you just running out of frame would have been enough of a clue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or just or the signal is... Guys, I'm having a damn baby, yeah, exactly. right? <laughs> the F now. There's an emoji for that somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. There's oh something. <laughs> but yeah, so so Mikkel, are you going to, we've talked about this before, are you going to try to be on the next one, even though you got a a little new thing happening, or are you yeah, going to take I some mean, time we'll off? Just keep in we'll just keep in touch, because maybe I'm home and we're settled, and she's napping when we need to record. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. So we'll just keep in touch when. when oh, that's right. You moved as well. So lots of new stuff happening yeah. for you. Yeah. We were idiots nice. and really piled it on. <laughs> yeah. Right. Who, who moves like three days before? <laughs> How Actually, you heard, um, by the way. At my doctor appointment this morning, my doctor looks at us like shaking her head, going, Why do all these pregnant moving women decide to move the week of their delivery date? And I was like, Oh, thank God I'm not the only one. Wow. Something in the well, water. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I ever told this story in the podcast. Like, it's quick, but I, I used to, like when I lived in Seattle before I found a job there, I briefly lived with my sister and my brother-in-law at the time, and she was very pregnant. And at a certain point, like I'd lived there for a bit and women, you know, I'm sure you you know about the nesting thing, like right before yeah. you're about to give birth, you want to get your house in order. And like, it's like, a, it's an instinct. So my yeah. sister, she's like... She's literally just like vacuuming at my feet. Like, get out. <laughs> you got to get out. <laughs> Not literally, but like she was basically like, so Wes, uh, you need to get out of here now. <laughs> For your own good. Too long. That yeah. is so cute. Yeah. I follow your but sister on Instagram. She and I are connected on Instagram. And it's so, so sweet to see her family pics now. Oh, yeah. 
Mm. We got she's got a second one now. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. So today's episode, I'm very excited about. I love uh, anything web design. So today we're talking all about web design trends uh, yes. for 2019. So can't wait to dive into this one. Uh, before we get there, I do want to remind you guys uh, if you want to go back and listen to the classic episodes, you know the ones before our feed picks up because. For whatever reason, we can only have like 99 or 100 episodes up on iTunes. So you got to go to thedeependesign.com slash classics to access the full archives and the instructions for what to do will be waiting for you on that page. So uh, do that. And also, we want to talk some Skillshare. (laughs) Skillshare is just the best thing ever for learning, you know. You're listening to this podcast, which tells me something about you that you like to learn and you like to kind of keep ever you like to keep your skills fresh and you like to know what's coming and going in the design world and running your own business and all that stuff. And Skillshare is going to pick up where we leave off because we can only do so much in an audio show. You know, we have a visual medium. So Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving and your business growing. So um, they're an online learning community for creators. They've got, they've got over 25,000 classes in everything from design, business, freelancing, all that stuff. Uh, so you can take classes in basically anything you can think of that's going to help you design and run your design business. Um, you know, basically right now, uh, there's there's so many classes I can find right there on just web design, all different aspects of web design. And one particular, I'm not going to say exactly what it is because I don't <laughs> want to give away my trend. Oh, that's right. But one particular it. way of building a website, they've got classes on it. So it's a great way to learn uh, exactly how to do it. Just get your feet wet right off the bat. So uh, join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today for the special offer just for our listeners. You can get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right. Skillshare is offering the deep end or sorry, the deeply graphic design cast listeners two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. So to sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash deep end. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash deep end to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com slash deep end. Ba-boom. All right. Ba-boom. Boom goes the dynamite. So we've each got a couple trends we want to talk about. Uh, and some of them are more design related. Some of mine are a little more kind of conversion related or workflow related. So um, who wants to start us off? I can or someone else can if you're... Yeah, Wes, go for it. Go for it. Okay. So the one I, the thing I was just teasing about when I was talking about Skillshare, uh, there's a... I basically stumbled upon uh, one of the most brilliant ways ever of actually designing and building a website in one step um, that kind of eliminates the need for having, you know, Sketch and XD and Photoshop and all that stuff. Because the way I used to do it would be design the mockups in Photoshop, and then you give that to your developer, and he codes it, and then puts it in WordPress. Uh, you can still do it that way if you want, or I like, it's called Elementor. You may have heard of it. Works with WordPress. So basically, it's a, it's a builder, you know, which, which sounds like a dirty word to designers, right? Yeah. Like it sounds like it's kind of a, <laughs> a cheat or a, a workaround for anyone with no design skills to just make a website. You can do it that way because 
No, it sounds like it's made for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is made right for you, Nick. Um, and there's, and it can be kind of a quote shortcut or a cheat if you want it to be, because when you install it on the back end, it does come with quite a few pre-made templates. Um, but my favorite feature is not the page templates, because when you do that, now you're kind of locked into all the different sections that they've got nailed, nailed down for you. And you may not need all those sections, mm-hmm. or you may need different sections. So what I like to do is use the blocks feature. You know, I like to think of this like putting together Legos. Mm-hmm. Like it's just these pre-made blocks that you stack one on top of each other. But I know what you're thinking, but Wes, <laughs> where's the design come in, man? I'll tell you. Because the blocks are there. But then it's up to you as a designer to make them look the way you want them to look. Like, it's just kind of a basic layout. You change the fonts. You change the backgrounds. You change the colors. And you can customize all the little things about it. You can even – one thing that I think is really cool that makes these websites look a little more custom are the um, – I forget what they call it. But it's basically these um, ways of designing the transitions – so it's uh-huh. like you've got one section and then a section below it. It doesn't have to just be like a straight line from one to the next. There's like angles. There's kind of, uh, you know, more organic shapes that you can use with it. And all these different, they've got a, like 20 different kinds. And then you can really customize all the the levels, like how zigzaggy is it going to be versus how subtle is it going to be so there's a lot of cool ways to really make it your own so i love it i the the two sites i'm working on right now this is how i'm doing it i just i got just a new wordpress install on there put on the astra theme because mm-hmm. you still need a theme but it can be just about any really easy simple theme then you put elementor on there and then you just go and you've got a like a whole page done within a few hours, and it's not a Photoshop mock-up. It's like an actual working web page, so it's awesome. Um, I, what I think, the way I see this working in the future for me and my business is um, I would probably do the homepage mm-hmm. myself and then give the reins over to my developer and say, hey, this is what we've established. Here's the copy. Now go do the other pages. And I can see that you know, be quite so. an advantage for you because you're probably going to have the, the de- developers can have less of questions uh, because you built maybe like the beginning of it. And it kind of starts the whole idea of what the and expectation is down the road. So you don't supply yeah. a, a, t- a template for them to run with for landing pages because oftentimes the homepage is distinct from the remaining yes. page. Well, here's what I would do. What I would do with him is basically give him the copy and I would probably also write out a fairly detailed document about what the other pages should like I would say this page can be a very simple page with just Mm -hmm. text only maybe a few images here and there and I you know and I don't necessarily recommend this for everybody because I happen to have a developer who has a good eye for design that is not always the case yeah yeah I trust him to do that because I can always, like, is everything going to be 100% perfect? Probably not. But then it's just a matter of one step of revisions. Right. T- tweaking after he he takes a stab at it, which is pretty usually pretty close. That's awesome. Yeah. 
So I see this being huge uh, in the future for my business. And don't get don't get put off by thinking this is not design because it is. You're still de- yeah. you're still coming up with the images. Yeah. You're still you know if you want to make your own, you know you can put whatever background image you want behind everything. But you can make that whatever you want it to be. It can be a stock photo if you want, or it can be something custom made. So you're still designing. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. Like, and it's easy to design for all devices too. Like it's very, um, it's really easy to toggle between mobile and desktop view. Yeah. And come and do different treatments for mobile view. I've had to do that, and it's so easy. I, I can't say enough good yeah. things about uh, Elementor at this point. I, so. I'm, I'm looking at the kind of the demo screen and everything that's showing. And to me, it looks like that hybrid of everything that WordPress uh, was and how adaptable and great that was and efficient, but kind of done in the way that online builders have been doing for the last few years too. It almost seems like that perfect marriage of both, right? Because it's showing yeah. how easy it is to edit. And, and you're right, you're doing it live and seeing how it changes your your entire layout as you are on it. Yeah. Right? And it's not you're not as locked in like with like a Wix or a Squarespace yeah. or something. I feel like they they have it's a little more templatized. Mm-hmm. I've not really used them, but they they feel very um, really consumer grade. Yes, as opposed yes. to like and you pro level. I think it's up to your level too. Like you can leave it as is, but you can completely revise 100 percent if you have design skills. You know. Which yeah has always been. It's just a tool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not a replacement exactly. for your skills. It's yeah, a tool totally. to bring your skills to life. So, so for the person that doesn't understand, what's the how is this integration of um, WordPress with this? Yeah, so good that's, question, your, that's was, your template you start with? Yeah, I was confused too because mm-hmm. I didn't understand is it's replacing the theme? It's not. You still need, So it's WordPress. Yeah. It's still the overall uh, method of building it or the – the platform. I don't know what I'm saying. The platform. Mm-hmm. The theme is there for mostly styles and stuff. You need the theme. We just get the, the free Astra theme. It works perfectly with it, and it's free. Just mm-hmm. do that. Then Elementor is the the builder tool that you yeah. put I on gotcha. top of it. So Implement, you need yeah. all three things, and it's it's just great. Looks great. I, I love it. So and, it's a I mean, download. Ask me again in a year, but it's a download. It's, it's, a, it's an app you use separately, right? Yeah, and there is a free version of Elementor. I use Pro because I like there's there's more blocks that yes. it comes with. Perfect, and there's more like more features in terms of like the forms, and it's just okay. more kind of robust. Um, but it's not that much. It's 199 bucks for like Three, unlimited. Oh, so if for you, unlimited sites, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, you could do all your client sites with that. Wow. So. Okay, that's fantastic. Yeah. I think I think we're gonna hear a lot back from some listeners that might find this is like pretty amazing. This looks really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's changing my us, workflow for sure. It, I think it's, yeah. and it's been around enough to know what what the glitches and t- glitches are like, and it's mm-hmm. pretty seamless. It can also, yeah, um, um, integrate well with custom, th- custom themes. Yeah, I'm sure it could. Yeah, I mean, time. I haven't really done much of that, but but anyway, that's enough uh, attention to Elementor. But I love it. So, who's next? Well, I think okay. you and I have a few of the same, Mikel. So I'll let you go with one of yours, and I'll support it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, because I, I I just was looking over your list, and I realized that some of mine 
being the uh, novice uh, web guy, uh, you <laughs> we've, we've already covered, or you're already covering. So, oh, okay. You can tag team it. We'll tag yeah, team you it. can piggyback if you'd like. Go for um, it. So the first one I wanted to talk about was um, overlapping design elements. So I'm seeing this mainly at the hero region, the introductive region for of the homepage to sites, and and I'm even seeing some overlap of photography regions um, and or just graphic elements under headlines, subheadlines, and then over call to action button regions, which makes it unique, but it's still obvious to know where to navigate. So Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not too distracting, which is a good thing. Um, and I think most popularly you start to see this, um, with flooded image regions, photography and so forth, even, um, just flooded um, solid color backgrounds where it's just stacked and layered and the co- the copy and the he- the headline verbiage is the topmost yeah so you've got flooded photography sitting under part of the navigation within the header and then another set of photography that's not so it just makes it a little bit more dynamic looking and almost 3D in that respect which is really super fun and, you know, it's funny because in school it was a no-no to cover graphic elements over fa- facial features or anywhere close to the eye. And it's not yeah. a no-no anymore. Like, people are kind of going for it. It can – you know, there were, like – I blame Bird of, Box. Yeah. Scares <laughs> of <laughs> tangents. And, um, oh, if that goes responsive, it cuts part of her nostril off and it looks like – it, the corner's going up her nose or something like that. It's not a concern really anymore. <laughs> People are just kind of going for it. It's great. And you can't control responsive yeah. so much where, no. like, right? Everyone's I mean, got a different thing. you can to an extent. Thing. Yeah. You can yeah. to an extent. It gets tricky, though. But yeah, it is you don't tricky. Wanna... Yeah. So does this give us the freedom to say, you can do this because now that it's a design trend, it's okay if the big R is <laughs> overlapping this woman's eye. Like, you know what I mean? Like on the yeah, picture. Apparently like, it's flying nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And um, it doesn't matter. As I mean, I, I wouldn't go that far, but it's not as nitpicky as you, that you learned at creative agencies or, you know, yeah. when you were in design school where it was an absolute <laughs> no, no to cut off part of the eye part of the corner yeah. of an eye for example it's interesting because uh, if, would... if overall it still gets the message across mm-hmm. from an abstract standpoint and even corporate rise there are companies that are just not s- staying too conservative i think it's great you know mm-hmm. it's yeah. less of the less of the mainstream less of the mundane you know I, I... I would almost add that it would it would invite someone like me who doesn't want to do web or doesn't do web to actually try it because like the the few examples I found in researching these trends, these really look like almost interactive posters, interactive brochures. Yeah, you know yeah. that aren't mm-hmm. tied to what typical web um, should be. Sometimes, like there's let's just say there's certain like maybe if you're doing an event. Uh, like a site like that, a website that kind of represents an event or something, could be this fun and this kind of overlapping and unstructured. 
because it's part of the vibe. And I think that's what, you know, it, it just takes like something you might have done in the poster, in the brochure, and let you let it live somewhere online to be cohesive with everything. So I looked at it and went, gosh, that would be a fun thing to try to explore for someone who doesn't even typically do anything web-based, you know? I like it. I, I really yeah. thought the yeah. examples I saw were really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I think it's just less boring. Like people are taking a chance. Mm -hmm. I love that. But it's coming from, yeah. it's so neat to see how when I saw some of these, they're obviously coming from uh, great examples of what we see in design in general, right? Right. Like, we can almost tie a lot of these trends web, into web other trends, trends aren't right? in their own little cubby hole that's mm -hmm. completely distinct anymore. They're kind of wrapping them all together. I agree. I think that's encouraging. Yeah. Well, and we've talked in years past about how I feel like I remember maybe last year or the year before I started seeing certain web trends that felt very much like they were coming from like almost fashion trends or interior yeah, yeah. design trends exactly totally. like i think it was like i think it was the gold thing because gold like brass started coming into fashion again yeah, in homes right whereas before <laughs> that was always gaudy yeah but then you started seeing a lot of gold in web design so <laughs> it things do work together for sure it's cool every it's all stitch it's all stitched together going back to the fashion <laughs> yeah absolutely make it work there's a common thread okay that's enough i know <laughs> <laughs> I'll just put this on mute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go ahead, Wes. All right. Uh, well, did you want to do next the next one that you had that was just for you, or? Oh, um, no. I, I think we'll wait for Mikkel's next one because I think that's the one okay. I can talk a lot about too. So we can tag, we can tag team it. You know. All right. Mm -hmm. Cool. So the next one I have is what I'm calling faux one pagers. So. You know, there was a trend a few years ago about having the one-page website. Um, you know, there's a lot of – it's not really a great solution in terms of SEO mm -hmm. and for people who want to take a deeper dive into what you offer. However, what I'm noticing and what I'm kind of putting into practice for most of my clients now is it's not a one-page website. There are other pages, but the homepage and any kind of important landing pages – um, you know, if they've got, if they offer, let's say three services, each service would have its landing page and each of those pages can stand on its own two feet. Okay. Got what it. I mean by that is it's these pages, the way I kind of conceive them is that from top to bottom, they tell the complete story. They say everything, every piece is there that would allow someone to read the page and then say, yeah, I want to hire this company or I want to work with them. Um, kind of answering everything in one page because what you want to do ideally with a website is not leave everyone to kind of wander aimlessly mm -hmm. on their own. You yeah. want them to be on a path yeah. toward a conversion, right? So I like to just stack it from top to bottom. Here's the story. Here's why. Here's testimonials. Here's things that are busting objections all the way down. And then if they want to go in for a deeper dive, like let's say into pricing or to read more testimonials, they can. There's that, there'll be a link there to do that. But most people won't. So I'd rather just keep them on the path. <laughs> so there's you know? no, yeah. So it kind of answers yeah. all the questions and concerns without having to dig any deeper. But if they want to, they obviously can. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to like a lot of websites, like the homepage will just kind of have minimal information and then what you're basically encouraging then is 
check out this page or that page or how about mm-hmm. this one over mm-hmm. here? No, like, and then you, the, the you're CTA off the path. should always be, yeah, exactly. I gotcha. And then they're wandering on their own and you never know if you're going to get them back. So very true. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah. So, and then obviously it's built kind of in a way where the bottom would maybe have your call to action or your, your way of capturing them or saying like, let's take the next step. And yeah. So the, the call to action would ideally be repeated several times, mm-hmm. like maybe even in every section. Yeah. I like to do home, like homepages in sections so mm-hmm. that you're never just look, it doesn't look like one long article. Yeah. It's got this section and then this, it keeps, it draws the eye further down the page. Um, and then each section can have the call to action, the same one. Cause people generally need to see the same thing several times. Um, and then at the bottom, what I like to do is put a secondary call to action, which would be, okay, so we've been hitting you up this whole time to schedule a consultation, still not convinced. Mm-hmm. How about instead of that, if you're not ready to have a consultation, uh, how about you opt in for this piece of content and now you're on the email list. There you go. So it's, it's, you know, you go all the way down and then, okay, if you still don't want it, then how about this other thing, <laughs> which also works in our benefit. I see. So that's great. Yeah. You're basically a, a psychic in a way of understanding every, every possible way they could possibly go. And you've built a road for yeah. them. I love it. Yeah. Well, cause it's most psychology. people that come to it's any, psychology. yeah, absolutely. And most people on any website are not ready to commit. They're just researching. So you want to get all those people who are just researching onto an email list so that you can continue to give them content and stay in front of them for when they're ready. Nice. Yeah. All right. Like so it. that's it. I like it I like a lot. It. That's it. Well, thanks. <laughs> well, um, Nick, for this next one, if you have overlapping selections as I do, why don't you kick off? The oh, the, the large experimental navigation. That's our. That's your next one, correct? Perfect. So I was looking at samples to start thinking about how to redesign my website. I kind of wanted to make a alternative one that was a little bit more geared towards new new clients and giving them quicker, faster information. Very similar to what you were saying with like this one page idea, right? And one of them that came up hit this trend and it's this idea of very large experimental navigation, making it the center of attention on like the, the the site when you get to it. And the first one I saw, I thought it was actually an accident, right? Cause it was like the menu was so giant and huge. And then even like the little hamburger icon was like a quarter of the page. But I was like, is this something new? Is this like, wow. And I was kind of like ready to kind of just, you know, say, nah, that's a mistake. I don't think that works, but I kept going back to it and then finding it's this trend. It's like, it's this new thing to have navigation kind of the main part of the website and making it a very large focal point. Um, you know, and I, and I was glad to see that you kind of found this too, because it's, it's really cool. I I've actually loved the way some of these things look like, and maybe it's opposite the one pager because you do have to dig a little bit deeper and get into each element of what navigation is representing. But I think it's also, if there's one area you want to go to quickly, you find it very quick too on a page like that as well. You know, um, mm-hmm. and some of the examples, my gosh, they're showing them so big and crazy that, again, you think it's almost a mistake. But I think if something is that new to a, a um, to the person's eye and the customer's eye, I, I wonder, too, if that's a there's a good positive there, you know, in a way. Yeah. And I mean, new is good if, if anything that can kind of capture attention. Yeah. By kind of 
the novelty of newness, that's a good thing as long as it it's risky though. As long as there's purposeful, mm-hmm. you know, like it's it's one thing to you can just have a picture of like a naked person there. That, that's going to be good for some attention and have navigation. Is all it really going to sell? <laughs> yeah, is it going to sell products? That's the <laughs> yeah. And, and I wonder too if it's more like. Did you find, like? I'm curious, Mikkel. Did you find any good examples, or what was what did you like about this that was kind of? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's focal. I would mm-hmm. say it. I would say that it accents. Um, yeah. More so, but not, yeah. doesn't take over. Um, mm-hmm. But it's what's interesting about this trend is that it's like so much for throwing in as much as you can, value proposition wise, or critical content before the fold. That's not uh-huh. applicable with this trend. Yeah. So, um, it's so all the above the fold is basically links. Yeah. Navigation. Just okay. huge. Like, just you know, there's so much you can do with this. So there's so many examples, but one case scenario might be, and this is cool too because people are thinking outside of the box, not just for their portfolio websites and being super unique and different about it, you're seeing this trend for companies for commercial purposes. So you've got your, your above the fold region, right? All together. And instead of the navigation comprising the header exclusively, the four navigation menu items are comprising corners. One, two, three, four within that Mm -hmm. full browser view. Okay. Isn't that interesting? So, like, huge, yeah. huge typography. Um, it's kind of like those big button phones for senior citizens. <laughs> it really is. I mean, they feel like they're they're just you know they're huge mapped areas of buttons that you click anywhere in there, and that's yeah. bringing you to info. You click this one, it's bringing you to work. Like, I I think you bring up a good point, Wes. It's very limited on what what it can't maybe what type of website it could work for so like um it's fun to experiment it might be at one spot in your website you could kind but of in, play in around an overlapping this. sense you can mm-hmm. throw in as much content at the hero region and still have huge navigation but they're overlapping it doesn't yeah. remove and replace what would have been there prior to this trend necessarily yeah so it's it can it can be um elegant but Super fun, too, as far as you want to take it. One example showed a really interesting combination where it wasn't uh, in the website until you hit the hamburger menu button. And then the the overlay that came up was now this trend. And it was like, yes, super. Like, you cannot miss these buttons. They were, in fact, it was only like (laughs) your whole screen was like four areas to click on. Yeah. And that's the one that I saw that I was kind of like, oh, I dig this because. Once again, too, everyone's on phones and mobile. And so it's like, if that's where 90% of the people are going to be viewing this, make it ridiculously easy for them to understand and figure out. So, um, and then on certain points, like for someone like me, I looked at that and thought that's less complicated and that's faster loading. That's easy. Like, so like I was thinking of benefits Mm -hmm. that it could, Mm -hmm. it could help me out. But on the downside, I felt like I, I would be losing all the personality and the, 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 the the stuff I've really injected into all aspects of my website now. So it, it seemed like there was a give and take, you know, maybe a shop yeah. or something really clean and simple. Some, and if it works with a very minimal product, I can see that being a nice mix, you know? Yeah, sure. And I think I like this idea better 
in the way you're talking about it just being hidden away like in the drawer menu. Exactly. Like the hamburger. Yeah. Because that way I think my yeah, my website kind of I don't it's not like novelty huge, but if you hit the hamburger, it's it comes out in a fairly sizable Yeah, yours is um, great. I, I think that really slider is a, menu. And it's big yeah, fat thanks. font, so you can see it immediately. Yeah. Right. But it's not there like kind of looking very um distracting when you first get to the site, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. That's the thing, because you always gotta your site is there for a purpose, right? So you want to make sure that you're not ideally distracting away from the real purpose. But but maybe that but that's why trends are cool, like because something like this will give way to another use for it, like in sticks. the drawer menu, you know. Yep. So yeah, I totally agree. Nice. Good. 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 All right. All right. My next one, or are you guys going? Yeah, go for it, Wes. Yep. Okay. All right, so the next one, this is a little utilitarian, but I, um, I've definitely seen it popping up more and more, and I love using it uh, in most of my client sites, and that is instead of the old contact us mm-hmm. kind of page mm-hmm. and form, mm-hmm. now more an online scheduling Ooh, tool, yes. like Calendly. Calendly, um, yeah. I think this is, yeah, this is great for so many, for so many reasons. Um, I like just having something where they pick a time to meet with you and they give you their information and then it's an appointment on your calendar. Yeah. And with these third-party tools like Calendly, it makes it so easy to do it. So, and it looks really nice. You can embed it right on your website and it has a really nice look to it and it just feels professional and it coordinates seamlessly with your online calendar so they can only choose times that are available for you. And then it puts it right on your calendar. It sends them an email, sends you an email to confirm it. Yeah. So I just like this so much better than the, the – I just feel like the, the contact forms are kind of clunky. And oh, now God, you're left yeah. with – It needed it. It's like – yeah, they, they, so they send you their information. And there's a little bit of like ambiguousness of, okay, what happens now? Do you call them back right away? Totally. Do you call them back in a few days? Does it just go into an a, a empty room of a thousand other ones? Right? <laughs> like, you know? Right. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. That's a great way to look yeah, at and it. Like, and if someone gives you their number and you're expected to call them back, what are the chances you're going to call them back when they're not like in line at the grocery store or mm-hmm. at their kid's open house or something? <laughs> I mean, it's... You're being a little bit more... Uh, like specific on the how the the next meeting will take place. And I think that's yeah. the whole point of it. It makes sense. I've noticed people yeah. even putting that in their uh in their email signature now, the um the link right to their calendar, which is really interesting too. This, yeah, uh, that service. Yeah. And the thing I hated too was like when you someone would request a meeting with you and you'd be like, oh how's eleven AM on Tuesday? Eh, not not so good for me. Back how about <laughs> how about noon on Wednesday? Eh, I don't know about that. Like, no, just pick a time. I know. And any time in there works for me because that's why it's in there. So just pick something and now we're good. God, and wouldn't this also like lessen the amount of like crap you get through your contact us thing? You know, I, I mean, I remember we talked about this before. How many times you get something in there that just looks like the most fictitious email address and there's nothing in the subject line, even if you make it, you know, required. And it's like they don't even look like really good leads at certain points. Yeah. And that's the other thing that I love about Calendly is it allows you to kind of ask uh, qualifying questions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like 
if you're listening to this and you know you could think of this for your own business like for your client you know to get more design clients or in terms of doing it for for your clients and on their websites but i like to ask just certain questions about budget and yeah um you know what are the goals for your site so that i know and what i actually do now is i there's a little button a little thing they have to check that says they understand that our website prices start at this and because what I would get before that was just, oh, I didn't oh you see charge that. that. I, I thought it was $300. Like, <laughs> why do you, why are you so expensive? So yeah. they have to click that box that says, I understand. And guess what? I get a lot fewer inquiries, but that's good. Cause they're more of a match. I don't want to be on the phone with those people. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. it's a, it's a time suck. Yeah. So yeah. anything to help, anything to help change that up. So that's a that's a great one. I I, I have a, a booking kind of thing on mine that they can actually book the time. And I think what's smart is you made you made me think twice. Now I'm going to delete the contact the contact us now thing because that just doesn't make sense anymore. You know? Yeah. Lead them all to I the booking. Yeah, I part. don't even have. Yeah. I don't even have contact us anymore because all they would get was really spammy blog. Yep. Like people wanting to write a blog for my blog, and it was always spam. Yeah. Um, oh, that's too bad. So, yeah. So, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, I'm kind of demanding that it be a serious conversation at this point, not just a let's shoot the breeze. You know, totally for, agree for yeah. ten minutes. Like, yeah. I don't know. I like it, and I'm getting most of my clients on board with it who have a similar type of business where they're offering a you know consultations appointments yeah that kind of thing so that's like a perfect evolution of like because like the contact us thing has been that little box has been a point uh, it's like a, it's just been there forever and i haven't seen a really good evolution of that and that's what i feel like this yeah. looks like it could be so not only that but contact us is such a weak call exactly. to action exactly you know it doesn't mean any what is what does that mean like mm-hmm schedule a I know. consultation i shifted uh, all that verbiage to start your project now or something you know like yeah that. yeah because i agree it's like a big but the commitment of booking time call me is 100 you know, percent yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right what's next go for it mikhail okay um, broken grid and asymmetrical layouts so this is has a bit Ooh. to do with in my mind at least um, overlap as well. So dimension and, and layering and such. So you see this a lot, girl listeners out there, if you're <laughs> like me, you subscribe to all these like fashion sites and, you know, clothing sites. So you see this a lot with models captured in a region and then the headline, just typography in general, overlapping the photos of these fashion image regions, which mm-hmm. I would argue this was a 2018 trend almost, but maybe it's just taken to the next level now. And yeah. it is true. I am seeing it more. Um, so this overlap was not easy to accomplish with websites necessarily um, from before. I think it's just easier now. Um, and again, with responsive design, you're not going to get the overlap at the same place. So you have to just kind of be open to just yeah. that rejiggering of elements. I know that I can be. I mean, it's it's kind of 
nice that it's lending itself once again, like the last trend we mentioned, to not sloppiness by any means, but just less strict guidelines, just um, a little bit more uh, openness to um, dimension just kind of taking its own um, drive. So with this, what comes into play is if you've got a photo that is color or grayscale for that matter, and typography that has the same color, a same color tone of that image, do you run into legibility issues? Sometimes yes, but if by and large the type is not overlapping, people can put two and two together. So again, it's a little bit more risque, which, and it's just a little bit more fun and edgy in that regard. So mm-hmm. yeah. I like You're this. so naughty, Mikkel. <laughs> Naughty designer. (laughs) (laughs) Naughtydesigner.com. Yeah, Yeah, where it's just not, I mean, grid, grid, I think of oftentimes as just, you know, following guidelines. And this is just taking it to a little bit more of a loose level that is absolutely attractive and can be elegant and professional all the same. So yeah. Yeah. It's it's just fun. And you know. Taking elliptical shapes, cir- circular um, elements there too, so that maybe type is following a path in some cases, and then in other, in other um, parts of that same page layout, it's all justified similarly. So just catching the eye in different ways, rather than it just be, t- you just feeling like there's all this pressure to find the winning. St- you know, photo or image to take, mm-hmm. to make it unique. And this is kind of nice that you can do it in way of layout schematics that are out of the norm. Yeah. For sure. And when you were talking about kind of layering text over an image and the legibility, um, yeah. and I like that you can just so easily now do like opacity masks on, or yeah, that's like too. overlays, you which know, cause I, ca- which in this article that I read counted as a, sort of a different trend overall, but I think it applies here as well. Yeah. Like you're saying. And not yeah. to bring it back, I'll bring it back to Elementor for a second because you can do that. Like you can just put in an image and then put the um, the the color overlay over it or a gradient overlay and you can set it to like multiply yeah, or love screen it. or whatever. Yeah, it's, it makes it really cool because then you, I especially like a gradient overlay because if, imi- if your text is just kind of on to one side, you can make it to where it's slightly darker on that side so the text really pops more. And it's right. just so yeah, easy to sure. do it, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I there's know, really I, more I, of a distinction to the text that's not ov- overlapping. Yeah, you can assign some dif- different attributes there. That's totally true. Yeah. I've totally noticed in this exactly. trend, too, a lot of text written vertically, like written upwards, written uh, stacked, kind of going vertically as well. So not in the traditional sense of always being, you know, left to right, horizontal, like you said, to text on curves, even things broken. So it's almost like the few examples I saw, I thought it was interesting where I think it kept me more engaged because I felt like there was maybe something I could be missing if I didn't look closer on this site. You know what I mean? Where it looked like, ooh, there's a lot to discover or the way it moved. Maybe I've noticed too, like a lot of these sites tend to move horizontal instead of going vertical yeah like true. the scroll you're actually going That's the other you're going right point. to left um pattern interrupt i, think I love yeah that. you know 
And again, it's like, it makes me challenge myself and go like, how far can I take this and still be communicative and still have strategy in the site where this trend lives? Because it seems to be the one that like, it's much more experimental. And I see people playing with this a lot more. Um, but I just, I love the idea that I'm like, I, I'll investigate a little bit more because it, and I think this is also where like, is it where, is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> is it called the <laughs> Easter egg when you kind of drop in fun little things that a website yeah. can do? Yeah. I think th it would lend itself really nicely to this style as well. Sure, because for sure. you got to investigate and look what's behind that layer and cool stuff like that. So it was one of my favorites. I thought it was really cool. And I'm going to, I might try I might I might try one page with this. Who knows? We'll see. We're gonna make a web designer out of you yet. Exactly. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Perfect. <laughs> all right, cool. Is that the list then? For, for me. For me it is. Yeah. It's all, at least, yeah. yeah, it's all I got. So we do have a listener question coming right up. We have an audio one, so excited about that. Yeah. But before we get to that, let's give a little love to Fresh Books. Fresh Books makes it so easy to uh send out these really nice looking branded invoices that got the right colors. They, they say all the right things. They make you look profesh mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, sending out the PayPal invoice or the, the Google doc that you found and cobbled it together and the invoice number, you just made it up kind of thing. You don't want to look like it came right out of Microsoft office. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> no, you try to, God, you try no. to make it, you don't want it to say invoice one, so you come up with just like four twenty and start making up that to yourself. And yeah. let's not do that, guys. Let's be professional. Let's use FreshBooks. Um, you know, it's been completely redesigned and custom built for the way we work as designers. Um, it's just amazing to create these, it's to create and send really professional looking invoices in under thirty seconds. Uh, you know, like I say, you, you load in your colors, your logo, and it just looks very professional. And they send out those uh, late payment reminders. If a due date comes and goes, they will email your client. So you don't have to be the bad guy and you get to save face with your clients. Mm -hmm. uh, gotta love that. You're probably not going to need that, though, because almost 60% of uh, these invoices using FreshBooks get paid within one business day. You can't beat that now, can you? Can you? You cannot. Okay, good. Come on. Let's... <laughs> Improv. There we go. <laughs> All right. So, uh, and they've got amazing support too. Um, you know, the answer in three rings or less with zero attitude. Gotta love that. So to claim your 30-day unrestricted free trial, go to freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and enter deeply graphic design in the how did you hear about us section. Again, that's 30 free days. Uh, go to freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and enter deeply graphic design in the how did you hear about us section. Okay, so we have an audio question from Leslie Casada. I think I'm saying that right. Um, so let's go ahead and listen to Leslie's question. Hey guys, this is Leslie calling from Pennsylvania, and I have a backup file question for you. I backup hourly to Apple's Time Machine, and once a job is complete and paid in full, I move those files to two external hard drives so that I have duplicate archived files. However, in the past, I did lose some files to a burned up external drive, and I'm curious as to how you handle your archiving. I do have a Google Drive, but I really hate that I have to compress everything before uploading. So I'm curious, do you guys use cloud backups or how do you handle your archiving? Thanks a ton. 
All right. All right, Leslie, thanks for that. That was awesome. Uh, this definitely hits close to home for me because uh, a couple years ago, I probably told the story in the podcast, and a few years ago, I had an external hard drive that uh, completely shit the bed. Um, I, it's I had so like, awful. I had like three years of client work on there, Ugh. and it just completely fried. And I've got another one now. Um, so here's the thing. I, I was very diligent about backing everything up to Google Drive. Um, and for some reason or another, I don't really love Google Drive. I, it's a little clunky, I think. And it's hard to Same. get the syncing working right all the time. So unfortunately, uh, I don't think it's syncing right now. And I need to do that because... If this were to to fry again, I'd be in a world of hurt because I really don't save much on my computer. I I don't like to keep uh-huh. I don't like to take yeah. up the space, so it's all on there. Yeah, I gotta. gotta it's so it easy going. to leave off, do? isn't it? Like everything else is a priority. It's easy for that to fall off. I hate that. Yeah, but I it's know. necessary in the long run. It's absolutely necessary. Um. So, I have an external. Um, and I, ha- I save it on my local, my external. I saved a Dropbox. I can't stand the Google Drive thing, Leslie, like mm-hmm. you mentioned myself. So um, I've got designated folders for each account and support team members, um, you know, exclusive from that. And I just kind of compartmentalize and organize according to that. But, yeah, once uh, – I, and once it's a, it's a habit, it's really no big deal. I'll finish a project or wrap up for the day, I meant to say, for a certain project. And I will save – I will make sure that it's to the cloud and I'll run a backup on mm-hmm. the external. And that way it's in two places other than the local system that I know I can depend on. That's essentially what I do. Okay. That's kind um, of my thorough. same process there. I think okay. I, so I have so everything is that's active and uh maybe six months prior is all on drop Dropbox. Um but then locally I only have on what's on my actual native on the computer is only the most recent stuff, the things that I'm very active in. We know with Selective Sync, it's the best tool with t- Dropbox. You just you tell the Dropbox what you want to live on the computer as well as in the cloud, right? So okay, so that's the kind. Of, let's say you have eighty hundred percent of your stuff is in Dropbox, but you only need twenty percent of it on your actual computer to be found in Finder, and you know all that the the way it, you don't you're not getting it off of Dropbox and then bring it to your computer. So you selective sync that what you need based on like mm-hmm. client maybe the the year, and I have that living on the computer as well, but then. I have a, it's the MyCloud um, backup. It's like a five terabyte one. And everything's I have that on too. there. I never got it to work for me. Everything's, everything's there. Plus it backs up my Dropbox every night. Everything that's in Dropbox. And then I kept an old iMac that has no power, but it has tons of space. <laughs> so it, oh, is, wow. it is an active Dropbox. It is, it's mirroring what my working iMac is on Dropbox as well. So that way, if anything is ever a problem on, if my iMac blows up or the hard drive blows up or my external blows up or whatever, it's still on that other one living there just so I have it 
actively ready to go. So it's kind of like three three little safety nets there. Um, and I agree. Uh, you guys I, are hardcore. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, you learn. I remember, I think we talked about it. It was like, I think it was right when I joined the podcast, I was taken off for my first trip after going kind of freelance solo and um, my computer completely fritzed on me and I couldn't, uh, there I was taking off going, I dropped off my computer at the guy I use for IT and I left for vacation not knowing if anything was going to be recoverable or not. It was the worst feeling in yeah. the world oh god you never want to have that feeling again never like it's too yeah. valuable and there was I, a whole episode on sex in the city is there really Carrie <laughs> yeah. went through that yeah she got the sad mac someone someone did we i may have been someone we had on the show they i think it might have even been in our legal one that we talked about um it's kind of like our responsibility to, to back this stuff up it's like not for the client's sake, for your sake, like for anything that happens down the road, like you want to have everything you've worked on. And, tr- and you know, when like someone asks you for a case study and you did something five years ago and you want to be able to find it, that's the whole yeah. point of backing up too. like, you know, you're like, I know I have a great case study for it. Where is it? Okay. The more organized you are, the better you're going to find it. So yeah, I don't want that. Okay, so how much? Is, how much are you paying in Dropbox a month? I, I do it's more than Google Drive, I think. Right? Oh, I have the business account. I think it's around one something a year. Okay. Yeah. How much space does that get you? I believe it's a lot, but then I've also accumulated a lot because um, when I use Dropbox with my students, if I invite anybody and they to sh- to share a folder, you get extra. You get additional points. You get additional space. Yeah, so I'm using the free Dropbox, but not for, but not for backing things up. It's more to share stuff. So for for ninety nine a year, that's not bad. That's your, I think that's like a few terabytes of of space. Oh, okay. I haven't even gotten. I should just do that. I haven't even gotten close to. I've never gotten a warning. I've never gotten anything that says I'm getting close. Especially when every computer's buzzing, like you're over your limit. You're no disk space. (laughs) Yeah. Dropbox is still killing it. So, okay. Plus, it, I don't know if you guys are when you use Gmail or other stuff or mail clients. You can now there's plugins for Dropbox. So if you're sending a very um, you know uh, let's call it a 12 meg PDF off to your client, you can literally hit the Dropbox button, hit the the link, and they get a a clickable link in the email to view that that PDF only from your Dropbox. So you're eliminating sending huge attachments to anybody. So see that, and then they can write notes on it on Dropbox now. They can approve it on Dropbox right now. So there's so many great features. Maybe that could be a that might be a really good um, uh, episode down the road. Is the all these yeah. features because Dropbox is very similar. Like it's like FreshBooks. The the features go on and on and on. Like I keep looking at it, going, I'm not using this. I got to start using it. And Dropbox has yeah. become that same way, especially if you're paying for it. So. Maybe we'll find someone that can talk us a little bit more in detail on it. That might be a fun one. Yeah, like a f- workflow episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I got to ditch Google Drive for Dropbox. I just I hate how it's just it never has synced right, and I think Dropbox is going to be a whole lot easier, right? Yeah, and also too, what I've noticed, you guys might notice with Google Drive, people who send me stuff, I can never open it. It's like you do not have permission. I'm like. What? Yeah, like, it, it's such a bother. Yeah, and every annoying. time I try to share something, it drives me every nuts. Time, yeah, yeah. Every I time I try to I think you share have, something, you have so many different emails 
uh, I do at least with school and business and personal. And then like they, some are Gmail based, some aren't. So when someone says me something and it's not the perfect link up, I get that like you don't have permission. And then you're just sitting there dead with nothing. It's annoying. So it's kind of like yeah. Dropbox is not that way because it's not no, – no one does – the person on the other end does not even have to be a Dropbox user. They could still just click the link and get it in a web browser. And they can go and mark it up, change it, approve it, all that stuff right in web browser. So I think there's okay. a lot more value there. But hopefully we answered uh, Leslie's question. Yeah, that sounds like the way to go, Leslie. Just smart. It's called Smart Sync. Is that you uh, selective Selective Sync? Selective Sync. In yeah, just Dropbox. use that with Dropbox. That's yep. probably the way to go. Yeah. Um, and then you don't have to keep everything in triplicate. Exactly. It's like, yeah. Yep. All right. Cool. Well, thanks for that question, Leslie. And keep the questions a coming. Uh, just email to Wes at the or sorry at questions <laughs> at the Deep End Design dot com. Uh, and you know, Leslie was able to uh, cut to the front of the line because of that audio question. Audio question. So right. keep that in mind. And her tagline yeah. for her studio. Did you see that? I did not. <laughs> the best little design house in PA. <laughs> nice. Oh, cute. Way to go, There's Leslie. so many places I could go with that, and I'm not going to. She's I'm telling sure a story, down. though. She's telling the story. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, thanks again, Leslie, and keep those questions coming. And uh, anything else you guys want to add before we wrap her up? We are good to go. All right, with that in mind, keep designing and catch us next time on the Deeply Graphic Design Cast.